Hey everyone, Evan here. I wanted to give a quick content warning for this episode. Thunderhead deals with themes of mortality, violence, and corruption. So in this conversation, Chad and I discuss death, suicide, consciousness, class struggles, and artificial intelligence. Listeners who may be sensitive to these elements, please take note. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're joining us today for our recap and discussion of Thunderhead, book two in Ark of a Scythe by Neil Shisterman. And uh, we're going to try our very best to keep things on track today, because the episode previous for the first book in this trilogy, Chad and I had an entire philosophical debate on death and dying. And while that was really fun, I th- I, I, let's talk about the book. We yeah, talk we'll about talk about book. the book. I remember we were like, we're going to like do this for 30 minutes today. We're going to keep it short and sweet. And then 30 minutes into it, I was like, we have just been having this existential like conversation about like humanity and the struggles of being alive and uh, and what that even means before even getting it, which I love. Yeah, well, great, a great worthy conversation to have. We should have those kinds of conversations and we can we can dip in and out of it on this episode. Yeah, we might like dally a little bit. Yeah, in there. Let's talk about Thunderhead, which is book two and this wonderful trilogy this book was better or worse um i'd say i think it's like the same i don't know maybe like okay. for me it was, it was a like, very different book it was like 10 percent better because i think scythe was very good this book was pretty dark when you think about it and like even darker than scythe uh, i mean there's obviously something up with the thunderhead in my opinion like totally. something's not right with this ai there thing. better be or else it's super lame yeah, yeah, I kind of, I kind of see what you're saying there. Uh, there are two characters, specifically Tiger and Grayson, who just get the worst possible end of the stick in this yeah. book. Even though they, they didn't really do anything wrong. I mean, especially no, not fact, Grayson. Grayson, yeah, he Grayson was like is trying to do everything right. Yeah, he got like screwed by the Thunderhead. Yeah, I mean, like Tiger, it's like I want to say. You know, he kind of bumbled his way into it, but also he's a he, victim, but of his own stupidity. Yeah, he should have. That was obviously a trap. <laughs> but obviously. but I mean, think of the think of the society this guy lives in, though. I mean, like, like he looks up to scythes. It's his dream to become one. He's been partying his whole life, just like everybody else has. You know, it's it's totally it, to, to one degree or another. Like it makes sense that he would kind of stumble into this, but it was just really brutal to read and just the kind of lengths that goddard and crew will kind of go to 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 make sure they can just keep killing and it's, it was very dark right indiscriminately and i don't blame tiger so much for tiger's mishaps as much as i do rowan like rowan should have been like there's a whole scene when rowan's like oh my gosh they got my dad like yeah did you think the thunderhead was just the the side of them was just going to keep letting you yeah. kill them like we can't catch him oh well like he should have seen that one coming and then when he didn't even like ask tiger like what are you doing in this like after he learned like oh they're after the people close to me and he's like all right see you later have fun at your new job that you haven't told me anything <laughs> about in texas where like no one can track anything yeah and like it also seemed a little out of character that tiger wouldn't like let him know like he didn't know the extent of his new job but he knew that he was going to be working with sides i think and it seemed weird that he wouldn't like mention that to I mean, him. I guess he kind of did know that. Yeah, we should let's get into it after the recap because okay, okay, yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of things to cover. And I mostly have I have like three like main questions, and then we definitely need to talk about the ending because that came out of nowhere. And every I, I feel like I even heard a couple people say, "Oh, wait for that ending," and I was like, "Yeah, sure, whatever the ending." Yeah, be. whatever. And yeah, it was really good. It was very very good. Yeah, and I've got some questions for you too, and I'll try to keep a uh, low roar on the existential ones. <laughs> yeah, one or two. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm always here for it. Okay, cool. Let's do the recap. Ten months after the events of Scythe, 
Rowan Damish is on the run and hiding from the Scythedom. Still haunted by his apprenticeship with the evil Scythe Goddard, Rowan adopts the name Lucifer and takes it upon himself to kill Scythes who abuse their power. At the book's start, Lucifer scares a Scythe named Brahms into pleading for his life and promising to change his ways. Meanwhile, Citra Terranova, or Scythe Anastasia, has been living with Scythe Curie as a junior Scythe. She's employed a new way of gleaning. She gives each person she chooses a month to get their affairs in order and come to terms with their fate, which is unconventional to say the least. Citra and Rowan meet in secret and worry about the future of the Scythedom. Dangerous ideas are spreading among the Scythes, and although Rowan killed Goddard almost a year ago, there are those who still support Goddard's radical ideas about finding joy in the act of ending human life. In a series of interludes, the Thunderhead, the sentient artificial intelligence that maintains all life on Earth, reflects on its pure intentions and how much it loves mankind. The Thunderhead ponders the limitations of its seemingly limitless power and ruminates on the inevitability of humanity's downfall. Humans have stopped dying, but the population is growing too fast for the Scythes to control. On top of all of this, the Scythedom is showing worrying signs of corruption. The Thunderhead begins a subtle plot to stop this corruption from spreading by instructing Grayson Tolliver, an unremarkable boy with a deep sense of loyalty to the Thunderhead, to warn Scythes Curie and Anastasia about an attack on their lives. Grayson does this and is punished with the label of unsavory, a status reserved for the troublemakers of society. Grayson goes deep undercover to learn more about the people who tried to attack Scythe's Anastasia and Curie, and he realizes a Scythe is orchestrating attacks against its own people. Grayson thwarts yet another attack and is forced to seek refuge with Tonists, a religious group who shun the Scythes, embrace natural death, and do not care about Grayson's unsavory status. Grayson feels a deep sense of loss because he can no longer communicate with the Thunderhead thanks to his unsavory status. He believes the Thunderhead used and then abandoned him and is overwhelmed with despair. Meanwhile, Rowan is captured by Scythe Rand, who he believed dead along with Goddard. Rand has kidnapped Rowan's best friend Tiger and after an extensive time training him, eventually uses Tiger's body to bring back Scythe Goddard. With his new body, Goddard makes a dramatic entrance at Winter Conclave and announces his intent to run for the title of High Blade of Mid-America. Scythe Curie is also nominated for the position. Before the Conclave can vote on a new High Blade, Citra points out that Goddard's new body was never technically ordained as a Scythe. An inquest begins and Scythe's Curie, Anastasia, and Goddard must report to the island of Endura to meet with the World Scythe Council. Goddard smuggles Rowan to Endura with the intent of turning him over to the World Council, hoping to impress them with his capture of a murderous criminal. On Endura, Goddard is shocked when the World Scythe Council agrees with Citra. Scythe Curie is deemed the winner of the election for High Blade of Mid-America, and Goddard swiftly enacts his plan for revenge. Goddard manages to hack into the control systems keeping Endura afloat, and he causes the island to sink into the sea. Everyone on Endura goes down with the island or is eaten by marine animals, but at the last moment, Scythe Curie locks Rowan and Citra in an airtight vessel that will keep them safe when the island sinks. They will die, but if their bodies are ever found, they will be preserved enough to be revived. As Endura sinks, the Thunderhead issues a terrible cry around the world, 
and everyone on Earth is marked as unsavory except for Grayson. So that was an outstanding ending. I really, really enjoyed it. Citra and Rowan kind of going down and dying and uh, like in that airtight like museum chamber thing. That was, I was not expecting that at all. And I haven't Me even neither. started the toll yet. I know you're a little bit through the toll already. Uh, so don't spoil it for me. I won't. But I won't. I, I'm still on the edge of that cliff. It's so interesting, this society's relationship with death, you know, because people are like splatting for fun. And it's like, I know they have, maybe I just don't understand the power of the pain nanites. You know, everybody has injected these these nanites within their body that help them um, heal and can like dull the pain if they're experiencing pain. But it still seems like people would be avoiding pain uh, or dead, becoming dead-ish is what they call it in this world more than they do because like that seems awful to be like run over by a car or to jump off. Like there's got to be a lot of pain that comes with it, you know, but they always just kind of describe it as an inconvenience to become dead-ish, not like this really traumatic experience, which is what I would think it is, but maybe I'm just um, underplaying the power of the nanites. Yeah. I mean, I think you might be underplaying the power of the nanites and also um, you have to take into consideration that there's no highs or lows in this society anymore. Like everybody's just kind of like, like plateaued at right like, they're all oh, just kind of bored everyone's just kind of like you know chilling right now so it is kind of it does make a lot of sense that like you would kind of do it just to feel that it would be a, a rush you know it'd be a, yeah. a, a really big rush you know uh it Maybe that's like the only sort of rush they can go i guess is the super extreme you know but i was just putting myself in their shoes and thinking like boy it would be it would be a pretty terrible situation like moment to be like even with your lover you know it's like which we can talk about in a second, but even with the person that you love the most, it seems like, man, I would be, I think I would be pretty scared. Yeah, I have some questions. Uh, so first of all, though, uh, you'll notice I didn't really add anything into that recap about Scythe Faraday, because I wanted to sort of pick your brain about those chapters. And it's funny that you didn't even mention that I had omitted those chapters from the recap because they're just kind of forgettable. I mean, they they're not kind of forgettable. They're not bad. Well, I found like, them they're very interesting. They are interesting because it's like, you know, the the what kind of like finding? quest for knowledge they're looking for nod and everything i get what's going on but it felt like it felt like they should have been page breaks instead of like their own dedicated chapters almost like i don't know i just i didn't care that much about what was going on and right. I, I got the feeling from reading it that we weren't going to find out in this book like they yeah. found out some stuff obviously but it's like this isn't going to come to fruition we're not going to get to a place where no. we're, we feel like we know what this all is so it's just i don't know i was just kind of like uh, right and they uh, don't even know what has happened in the world right because they're like trying to find this island kind of off yeah. grid you know yeah. so like they don't really they're not really plugged into the communique and so uh who even knows because the book didn't end with them being like what's happening like everybody else was uh they were just kind of they weren't even mentioned really in the last little chunk i don't think well it's interesting too um the amount of scythes that just died at the end of this book and there is a population problem. Yeah, I know exactly. It's like the the whole, this is a really big deal. The the consequences of what just happened at the end of this book. When you think about going into the next book, it's like, wait, this is really really bad because the population thing uh, that the Thunderhead had brought up um, was already kind of a problem. And so now we've got all these dead scythes. We've got Ronan and Citra, who are the, the only the only people. Did Scythe Curie die? Scythe Curie died. It's not. Um, it's not made for fact until somewhere in the beginning of the next book so you'll know very quickly into the next oh, book okay, whether cool. or not she's so deadish okay. or uh permanently dead which i don't really understand how 
being eaten alive would render you fully like, yes, once you're fully digested, but it feels like you, you could go get some sharks and cut them open and like get some pieces out. And like, I'm assuming all they need is like a little chunk. Right. Cause like, I'm not sure what the technology is. Off of like a yeah. 50 story building. It seems like you'd be pretty much like little chunks. You yeah. Know? You'd be about the same as you would be if you were in a shark yeah. stomach probably. Yeah. I didn't really think about that. Um, yeah. It doesn't really go into the specifics of what this technology can really do to render somebody. Cause it, it sounds like, the only things that will for sure do it is fire and um, acid. But then we've got Goddard and Rand coming back from Ro Rowan just didn't do a very good job burning them. To, like It's like, dude, why didn't you just stand around and make sure they were actually like, ash? Really make sure, like cut them up into little teeny pieces. Maybe even bring those with you wherever you're going. But she, hindsight is 2020. You know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But my understanding is she was only like kind of burnt. Like she's yeah, like on fire. She was or like Anakin at the end of, the, of, of yeah. episode three, you know. That's... And drag off and then find Goddard's head and like take him off, you know, so or at least the top half burning, Rowan. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like, not a very good burn it. job. <laughs> but apparently acid does it as well. Yeah, acid will do it. Um, I really liked that scene where, you know, one of the ways that Citra has started gleaning people is she's given them a chance to kind of put their affairs in okay, order and kind of decide. We, we're going to, for sure. I just want, I wanted to kind of just acknowledge the scene where uh, they've replaced all the water in the sprinklers with acid. I thought that was really great. It was a very like tense scene. Uh, it, you know, when that that guy wanted Citra to stab him during the end part of the assassination scene of Julius Caesar, and the guy even said like "et tu brute," like which yeah, like, didn't yeah. really make sense because she wasn't playing Brutus, but like it's, right. it's fine, you know. And it was I, poetic <laughs> in its own way. And, like, he was like, "This is gonna change theater." And it's like, all right, man. Yeah, whatever like, you nah, say, probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever feels better. But yeah, I was gonna ask you though, actually. What did you think of Citra's preferred method of gleaning? Okay, well, okay, first off, before we move on from the scene that you were just lauding, oh, sure, I want to yeah. know, like, if it's going to burn, I thought the plan was, like, an idea, really cool, and an actual application, like, super dumb, right? Because, like, first off, if this acid is strong enough to burn through bone, like, isn't it going to, at somewhere along the sprinkler system, corrupt its ability to sprinkle, right? Like, yeah, because I thought acid wouldn't eat through most kinds of plastic, but I thought like metal, if you put like acid in a yeah. sprinkler system, but maybe it's like a futuristic sprinkler system maybe that is so, like, maybe so. They... But then also, <laughs> like, okay, but if you get like spritzed with acid, like you're not gonna like instantly melt. Like you need to be like dunked into like. Uh, I mean, my understanding of acid, maybe they have um, some super crazy it's acid, like future but like, acid. And they would also, just like I mean, totally melt you just by getting spritzed on it. Like, I feel like in order to get a body, you got to like dunk them, you know, like fire sprinklers, like they really throw a lot of water down, you know, like, yeah, that's I true. But even so, you're not you're not going to be like a puddle. You're going to be like a very like 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 a very like cheddar, be, a, a Swiss cheese bad. version of you. It's not um, going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought that scene was really cool. If you just, you know, don't it don't was dig maybe into I just it too tip. much, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole point of it essentially is you know we need uh grayson to kind of like come in and save the day again totally we need to really hammer home that somebody is trying to kill curie and anastasia which um i know I we did. had a, a question before uh, that i was trying to ask but i that i'm going to kind of substitute this question maybe i missed something but do we find out who exactly was trying to kill curie and, and anastasia like who specifically because it's not constantine because he's like on their side and poor guy gets his eyeballs burned yeah. out. Yeah. Not fun. 
Oh my gosh! I'm, and can I say sidebar? I super love the i the, <laughs> our third sidebar, I, the third right sidebar here. of the sidebar, but just very it's a five second sidebar. The scene of um, Grayson chopping with an axe into the pole, and then it sprays out yeah. all over Constantine's face. <laughs> yeah, He's right, it's like, ah! it's super cool. Yes, kinda. Is it we, Goddard we, and Rand, or is it's it It's Rand? Rand is like the ultimate like one pulling the strings behind everything, but. I, I don't okay. think we learn actually like the mechanisms through which she accomplishes all of this because she's got to be like really busy training Tiger, but somehow she's also like able to manipulate, but like she's in Texas, so nobody can like tell it's her because Texas is like pew pew land of the whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> I did like that, um, that little snippet there that there were these certain, I can't remember what they were called, but there were like these certain districts where they were yeah. almost like experiments. Yeah, like you know? in experimental zones where he like yeah, changes the rules neat. a little bit. Like there was one of them that, um, oh, this isn't mentioned until like the this, this hasn't anything in the big in the storyline or something. But he mentions one at the beginning of the third book that says like he where he goes very specifically out of his way to not assign a gender to anybody. Yeah, yeah. and so it's, it's like a genderless one, you know. Yeah. And it's like uh, there's some characters from there, and it's it's kind of interesting the way that the side of them sets up these little like I don't know, so let's find out zones. It kind of uh, reminded me. Cool. It kind of reminded me of um, the. I don't know if you played the Fallout games, but a little bit in, in the Fallout games, uh, in the lore at least, uh, there's all these vaults that Vault Tech built, uh, kind of anticipating nuclear fallout, and that's the basis of the games. Uh, but the kind of other thing with it is that they were also using it as an opportunity to experiment on people. So there's like different vaults that have different experiments going on, you know. Uh, totally. I think there's one where everybody's plugged into virtual reality. I think there's another one where like they have to like kill their own overseer in like a lottery or something like that. It's so there's you know and that's why I love those games so much because like the more you explore the wasteland, you like f you find these vaults and then you kind of start uncovering secrets of like what those experiments are. So I thought it would, like kind of harkened to that a little bit. I don't know if Schusterman took that idea or not, but uh, anyway, let's get back on subject. Uh, this question that I wanted to ask, Citrus. which is which is Citra's preferred method of gleaning. What did you think about that? Okay. I thought it was like kind of a hollow attempt at being like, I'll just get, let them get 30 minutes, 30 days to like get their affairs in order and get their heads around it. I think that it's like cruel for everyone involved. And she's like, she mentions like, and then this at least helps me sleep better at night. And it's like, well, yeah, right. I thought that was knowing their totally. doom yeah. is definitely not letting them sleep better Whoa, at night yeah, or yeah. their loved ones. And then she mentions like, you know, one of the victims is like, well, can I have six months? Because like my daughter's getting married. And she says like, I'm sure they'll be able to move it up. And it's like, imagine the <laughs> rippling effects of yeah. inconvenience. Like, and I know that like, it's kind of like maybe not cool to mention like inconvenience when it comes to someone's life. But like, it would have been better for that situation if for at least all like her daughter and everyone else would for her just to be like, killed like you know how much effort it would take to like move a wedding that's happening six months <laughs> up in the next 30 days like if it even possible so yeah. it's like the rippling effects of like all these things and then the person probably has like you know a savings it would probably be best if they just got ended right then their savings could be divvied up to all of like their everyone else but like no they're gonna go out and like blow it all because they know they only got 30 days left to live and it's like like that one guy in the gambling thing he went yeah. and like gambled a ton and like that's why he wanted to die you know shaken not stirred by poison or whatever and it was just like it seemed like a really cool, nice sounding idea that's actual ex execution led to like a lot of just like trauma and turmoil. Like if someone led like what an unfulfilled life, like 30 days isn't enough time 
for them to be like, and now I'm fulfilled. Like, yeah. no way. You know, I kind, <laughs> like, of, I kind of agree with you in the sense that um, it's not as well thought out of an yeah. idea. You know what I mean? Like, it's like it's got a good sentiment behind it, but I think, I, I mean, if I were in Anastasia's or Citra's shoes, um, I probably would give them the option of having 30 days or like right Ooh, now kind of thing you know what like i mean who wouldn't take the 30 day i don't know i don't know because but based on like a lot of what you just said it it could be worse you know what i mean yeah. depending on the person so she's not really it's like she's kind of still at the end of the day like offering kind of like this blanket fate to everybody you know it's just dragged out now it's, i mean so it's like yeah there are some more benefits to it kind of but it depends on the kind person of. you know you're kind of like uh, you're kind of like taking people's autonomy out no matter what like if she had said like i'll give you the option whatever you want to do over the but it's like setting right, like, like a time limit prepare for that i don't know yeah that's like that's a good question i don't like, know if what i would very want much seemed ready sorry but her victim very much seemed ready at the end of the 30 days but like i don't know if the reality is that i think i would probably take the 30 days Me personally too. um which i you know thinking about it more it's like it is i would argue more compassionate than just outright killing somebody right then and there um, totally. but i think i still think giving them the option is still like anytime within the next 30 days it could be the next couple hours it could be the next couple days but then that would be a lot of work obviously oh my on, gosh on yeah it'd be kind of stressful being like any second yeah but um i think that I would probably take the 30 days and just I, I would I would appreciate, you know, at least some time to talk to people and say goodbye. You know, get it, yeah, say goodbye and stuff like that. Because yeah, that, that I, I think that the way that Citra was kind of coming at it was essentially like we're not even giving these people a chance to kind of like do any sort of pre-mortem. Right. Get their know, affairs in order. Nothing like we're just killing them right there. And so that's. Totally. And it's like, that's a little bit traumatic. And, you know, I think from Citra's point of view, she wanted to give people a chance to kind of come to terms with the idea that their life was going to end. So, right. yeah, I can see that. But uh, but also, depending on the person, you are dragging that out and making it a worse process than it could be, you know, depending on the person. So, yeah. Uh, the more important question here, which is totally not the more important question, but the more fun one is how would you choose to be dead? Because I think that is a cool thing that she did. Oh, yeah. She let the we forgot about that. Yeah. People yeah. choose their way of death. And I think that's pretty cool. How, how would you choose? Um, I think there's a, like getting in one of those pods that's like the asphyxiation pods, I think would be pretty cool. Have you seen those? Oh, like a, like a, um, um, where it, all your senses like the float tanks oh uh, no not one of those no um there's essentially there i don't i'm not a chemist or a biologist i don't know what the cocktail of chemicals is but essentially there's like a way that if you breathe i think it's nitrogen if you breathe in an abundance of nitrogen you can't tell that that's what you're breathing in you just oh, fall asleep okay. so i think that yeah, would probably be, be cool. i think that would probably be the move um i wouldn't want anything injected i wouldn't want anything um any, I think uh, the the way that the, the gambling guy died was probably like it was just really fast and like really as soon fast. as he drank it, you know. Um, I do kind of like the guy who chose to be hunted by her. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was like I get a yeah. full day, and then he even made the stipulation that if I can make it the whole day without having you get me, my family gets two years of immunization uh, of uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Immunization, In, not immunity, the right word. Immunity. immunity. Thank you. <laughs> uh, if I get two years of immunity, I think that was pretty cool and like a cool way to like 
play the field a little yeah. bit like kind of like, like if i'm gonna die anyway yeah, let's, yeah let's see how bad let's see how far we can stretch this yeah, yeah so that like, makes sense i don't know i might like hand-to-hand combat would be pretty cool especially knowing that she's really skilled at it so like i'm probably not gonna die like all butchered and stuff but like that would be pretty cool so this is this is kind of more about goddard and the new order scythes and the thunderhead um so maybe you could correct my line of thinking here but and maybe this is a a result of me only having read the first two books so maybe this is kind of a premature question but this is kind of like a two-part question so first of all why do you think goddard wants this amount of power as bad as he does like specifically and then in in addition to that is if there's if, if there really is this population problem wouldn't the new order scythes be perfect for dealing with this population problem like i know it sounds kind of heartless but it seems weird that the thunderhead would be this opposed to the new order scythes when right if they are able to kill like carte blanche like if they are able to kind of just go for it then and like change the um kind of the way that the scythe works you know because right now they're on like this kind of like you you glean this many people a year you know um right right they got it's, quotas it's like the new order scythes would probably come in and be like all right so there's not really a limit on this and we need to curb the population issue according to data that would be um proportionate to the growing population or whatever totally. you know what I mean? and i don't even know if this new order scythes would do that but like what are your thoughts on that because it, it seems to me like the thunderhead would kind of be on the new order the new order side i don't know yeah kind of I mean, it's def- they're definitely a solution to the problem. And, like, if you're going to do the scythe idea at all, right, you're not going to tackle the problem by, like, not letting John, like, every time he turns a corner, get a new family and have 14 more kids. You know, it's mentioned multiple times that people have, like, five different families because every time they turn back, you know, they get divorced and they have, like, more kids. So, like, people are producing children at a rate far greater in the past because yeah. they can keep going so often but they're like they're not even trying to tackle the problem from a production standpoint it's like no we're just gonna like kill them so it's like i feel like if you're gonna do the scythe idea at all then like at least make it be the solution to the problem right because it's not even it's just like kind of a stop gap barely like the problem's still gonna happen he has like a day of like no return in his mind of like this day will occur where we have too many people on this planet and See, that's another thing that I just don't really understand where it's like the Thunderhead is thinking to itself, we have an issue with the population problem. It's going to become a really big issue soon. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're the one that makes all the rules. Like, why'd you make it a thing that people could have as many kids as they want? Right. Like, I and I know that. that it's supposed to be like this free and compassionate society. But if it's like, it, like you are a supercomputer, you know what a net negative would be. Why totally. would you not take steps to alleviate that net negative i don't understand right, that's what like, i'm saying the side of them isn't even the solution to the problem yeah. like they're not even committing to it so yeah i think you're right it is a con- contradiction and this is probably one of my one of the many like contradictions and problems that i have with the thunderhead is that this isn't the solution to the problem there's an and allowing this you know terrible like uh organization to exist and it's not even accomplishing the thing that it's set out to accomplish like well and that's why like i think that like the rowan storyline thing is like kind of odd because it's like rowan is like i'm going to decide what the right kind of scythe is and it's like dude you're you're like 17 like you've been in this you don't know anything about this situation like you do know obviously what's going on but it's like i don't like the way they're doing it and it's like 
Well, yeah, it's brutal, but it's no, it's not, it's only a little bit more brutal than right. And you like, know, some what people everybody are doing else because... is doing. So, like, yeah, and certain sides are doing it because they're like this person is like thirty eight percent like more of this race than others, so they are being selective and they, and yeah, they shouldn't be totally. doing it. They're breaking the traditional size size rules. So, like, I get that, but, but like, Rowan the... is still holding up a status quo that for one thing he's not very familiar with he doesn't have that much experience with he's and another thing doesn't really seem to be working anyway so it's it's weird that rowan is like so gung-ho about all this and again i'm in the second book i could be way off base with a lot of this Ah. stuff but it just seems no i don't think you are it just seems strange like maybe is schusterman trying to write rowan in a certain way where he's like kind of biting off a little bit more than he needs to with this or Yeah, maybe. And I mean, I think even more confusing than Rowan doing it is the Thunderheads allowing of Rowan's existence, right? Because he says so many times, like, he doesn't involve himself with the side of them. And that's his whole justification. And even in his conversation that he has with Xenocrates, where he's like, you know, I I think that Rowan, because like Xenocrates is like, he failed. He's not a side. You can actually interfere in this situation. And the Thunderhead was like, I don't see it that way. It's like, okay, so... (laughs) <laughs> he has this rule, but he also gets to decide, like, like when the, he sees things a yeah, certain yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> when he's, it's like, it's like okay, well, it's effectively, it, effectively, the Thunderhead is interfering with side business. One hundred percent. If he's not allowing the scythe to literally do whatever they want, then he is. But at the same time, the Thunderhead's main mo is to uh, facilitate and provide for as much uh, compassion and happiness and comfort as it possibly can. So, totally. if if it it's like which one of those rules is, is higher priority <laughs> yeah. that's and like that's that's the weird th- and that's why i think it's very important that we talk about the thunderhead because i think the thunderhead is flawed yes fundamentally because of the way it was programmed you know and i think that that's what yeah. is trying to be communicated through all these in- little interlude chapters and um i don't know what do you th- what do you think about that I think that completely because I had a major problem with this story like halfway through it. I even called you. I was like, the Thunderhead's so dumb. Like it says one thing and then it does another. It's like I can then it like is constantly preaching about how it's so perfect and like it's like unable to make mistakes. And it's just like but then it clearly is making mistakes and like it's just full of contradictions. It can do this except for every time that it does. And it's like, I will never like act upon the knowledge that I see people doing in their private lives because I give people, (laughs) but I will totally do that sometimes. Yeah. Except for when you're like breaking the law, then he will absolutely send agents to prevent you and like make you, (laughs) it's like, Oh, so you're not, you're not like acting upon what you see people in their private lives, except when you are like, that's why I think maybe, and, and you know, that's why when we were on the phone, uh, and you were because Chad called me and he was just like, I don't know what's going on this with all this. this is really, <laughs> but like what I told Chad was basically, you know, like I think maybe what Schusterman is trying to do, and this is my theory, having not read the third book, but I think what Schusterman is trying to do is say it would probably not be a great idea to let our entire society be run by something as corruptible over time with enough variables that we don't as, even understand as an AI construct. You know what I mean? Because like, yes, this like with with AI. At least the way that it's been 
that I've seen it explained is like it, you kind of like point it in a direction and it goes. You know what I mean? And that's kind yeah, of what yeah. it seems like the Thunderhead has done. It's like we kind of it's like the um it's like the broomsticks in Fantasia. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's the broomsticks are supposed to go fill up the water pails, you know, and it's gonna keep doing that, you know. And so like whatever the prime directive of thank you, like whatever the prime directive of the Thunderhead is, it's going to then set aside other directives as priority um under its main directive that will then contradict it you know it, it can't right. but i don't know because it's so smart right like it's right. it really well, is it's like smart it, it is very very smart but it's like it's not as smart as it thinks it is though exactly and, and the thing the thing with the thunderhead is is that it is i think there's a there's a part in the book where it says like i'm gonna butcher this so so bad but it's like as it's very close to godhood but even being very close is still really far away. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's a really big gulf between near infallibility and actual infallibility. Right. You know, right. just like there's a really big gulf between like a really high number and infinity. You know? Right. Like that's you, the that's the exact words that it uses. I oh, think it's okay. like it's yeah. like 300 trillion. There's like there's a huge difference between like 300 trillion and infinity. And that's the difference between I am. It's like but it's like it's saying it like they're both huge numbers. So I'm actually really close, but really I think the opposite is not, true. And that like, it's not, it's, yeah. it's not even kind of close, like an infinite number of 300 trillions could fit into the number infinity. So like, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. So, um, I just think it that it calls itself God at one point. Yeah. It's very, it, says um, it could be, it's very like, it's got like a chip on its shoulder. Oh, for sure. For sure. And so when you explain that to me, that, Schusterman was trying to show its infallibility and how it's not actual it's perfect. And it wasn't, yeah. it's fall. Yeah, it's fallibility. Thank you. And, and it was doing so in it's like little musings and insights that we get to see it. I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense to me because I was thinking that he was trying to be like philosophical and clever and being like, look at this thing. That's so no, perfect. And I was I like, think, actually this thing is full of contradictions no, think, and like is yeah. lying to itself constantly. He was on the same side as you, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good, good. Chaz so, is like, I don't trust this author at all. Yeah, what dude. is going on here? Yeah. That's funny. He's just pontificating, trying to be wise when it's really not. So with that now in my head, it's kind of cool that he's doing because it's a slow process, right? Yeah, it, very it's slow. very tricky. It's hard to even kind of figure out that, He's trying to show us that the the uh, the infallibility of the Thunderhead over time, and it starts small, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then kind of all ends in, I mean, the thing almost throwing a hissy fit, right? And being like, fine, you guys are going to hide yeah. something from me. I'm making you all unsavory. And that's how the book ends, by making every person Yeah, that's, that's definitely... The unsavory storyline... Um... It's funny, like, I wasn't super into it at first. Like, I wasn't super into Grayson at first. And I was just like, ah, can we get back to what's Rowan and what are Rowan and Faraday? And I want another yeah. Thunderhead chapter and stuff like that. But then, um, pretty much, like, when he gets turned into an unsavory and then he goes to that, like, cafe, I thought yeah. that was a really good scene. I liked that a lot. It was um, a really good scene. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of, like, really warmed to Grayson. And then as I kept reading it, I just kept feeling worse and worse for him. You know, and then oh, the poor guy, yeah, he gets hung out to dry by the Thunderhead so hard. And the Thunderhead, like, like I said, breaks all the rules except for when he's like, But I can't, I marked him as unsavory, so I really can't interact with him. It's like, Man, well, how about before doing that, you say, Hey, just like go splat and die because I've made this loophole where if you're dead, then you're marked as nothing, so I can totally talk to you and we'll have these communications <laughs> where I'll remind you, like, Hey, I do have your back, I'm not just hanging out to dry. 
Like no, he blinks the lights. Remember the the lights blinked, so oh, everything right, was right, totally right. cool. Totally, but he had yeah. his eyes closed, so he couldn't see it. So. <laughs> oh yeah, that was just for yeah. us. That was just for us, the reader. Yeah, yeah. So we knew everything was totally cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, uh, the 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 like that weird like cafe where people worked as a, it's like your job is for people to be horrible to you right you know i just thought so that like was really interesting yeah unsavories can kind of get their rocks off and it seemed odd to me that everyone knows that it's fake like everyone like the yeah, even the unsavories are, yeah. yeah like they even know they're actually not being unsavory they're just kind of like enacting out this game but apparently that's good enough I mean, that really shows the lengths that people would go to in a world, in a society that's as milk toast as this one is, you know? Like yeah. People would, like, look, think about, um, like, a a rage room. You, do you know what that is? A rage room? I think that's what it's called. It's no, basically, the, there's, like, these rooms that you can go to and you rent them out and they fill it with, like, glass and ceramic and, like, so you can so they'll put, like, an old car in there or whatever and they'll give you, like, goggles and gloves and a whole outfit and you go in there with like a baseball bat or a crowbar or something and you just destroy stuff, right? Like those are rooms oh, that you can rent out. And huh. I've heard that it's very cathartic for some people. Like it's a very good experience for some people because you can really just go in there and just destroy stuff in like a very like controlled environment. And you know it's controlled. You know that you're not actually destroying someone's property or whatever, but it, you're simulating it. You know, you're simulating hmm. like kind of getting that out. So I think that with sure. the unsavories, it's kind of like, yeah, they know, but they're kind of like they're doing it in like a controlled environment, you know. So I thought that's pretty smart. I mean, like that's like a, there's restaurants that you can go to where the servers are really horrible to you. Right, they just make fun you know? of you. Yeah, I've seen yeah. those before. Um, yeah, and apparently those restaurants do really well. Huh, like, yeah, like they're. You know, I mean, fun. I think it'd be fun to go there. I don't think it'd be fun to be a server there. I thought about it because I used to I used to you know wait tables and totally. uh, I I did you have it for to be a lot smart. Um, so like so when you're serving, um, it's very mentally draining. Not only because you have to remember so much, and not only because you know it gets very busy and there's just so much going on. But like one of the reasons that it's so mentally draining is because you're basically starting a new conversation every ten minutes. You know, you're introducing yourself to people mm. over and over and over and over again. And you have to be on. You're like acting, you know. Oh, and totally. It's, it's very you have to be like, clever. You have to be clever. clever. You have to be because people are going like, to try to outrude you. Yeah, and and people and people want to. Uh, a lot of people just want to eat. You know what I mean? Like that's totally. that's like eighty percent of the tables that I ever had were just people. They didn't really care but about me or anything. Going but to that restaurant specifically, you know what you're in for. You yeah, know? but like going, but working for that restaurant specifically, I think it would start to kind of grate on you after a while, like mm. being that like negative and having to be that quippy all the time. And like, yeah. I think it depends on the person, you become right? An annoying person. I mean, I think that it would probably bleed over a little bit into your personal Yeah, life. that'd be a like hard maybe. person to date. Uh, unless, you know, you just, you have experience acting or you have, um, you're just that kind of person that can like kind of divide that up um, mentally. But yeah, it just kind of reminded me of that in the sense where it's like, everybody's kind of in on what's going on. You know, totally. I wonder if that's the therapeutic for some people or for the servers, if they're like a hole, <laughs> maybe they for can the use servers. that to like get <laughs> like their you... like a holeness out. So the rest of the time they don't have to be, you know, like I wonder if that sort of is, is a healthy way to approach being an a hole ever. <laughs> I mean, what was the rationale? Because remember, Grayson talks to one of the people that had been abused in this in this cafe, this restaurant, diner uh -huh. thing, whatever. Um, 
Rowan, no, not Rowan. Uh, Grayson talks to one of these guys who who is working for this restaurant. And what is, what was like the rationale that the guy said? Something. Uh, Rowan said like, something about like. And it wasn't it Rowan. Like, it was Grayson. Or excuse was, me, yeah, Grayson said something about like. And it would suck to be like hit in the face. And the only rationale we get is that person's response, which would be like, well, some maybe some people like to lose a fight or maybe some people like get off to being hit in the face or something like that. And then he kind of smiled like it's the best for everybody. It's like, I I guess there's some people (laughs) who like to get hit in the face. Again, again, we have to look at it through the prism of this very milquetoast society. You know what I mean? People are getting a rise. Yeah. People are getting a rise out of someone being actually mean to them. So it works out for everybody. Yeah. Right. The extremes are kind of juicing him. Why do you think that the Thunderhead made a law where he cannot interact with unsavories? Seems like interacting with them should be prime, right? His ability to mentor them and, but no, he just has no contact. Why do you think he made that a thing maybe it was a sort of deterrence like people really depend on the thunderhead okay um but i don't think like i and you know in my limited knowledge of making laws and policy and stuff sure. it seems like deterrence doesn't really work very well like yeah. the, like like saying if you do this thing this thing will happen doesn't super yeah. i mean it kind of does i mean i guess situation like pretty um, awesome like it would be really nice to have access to the thunderhead so maybe without it they'll just be like they won't want to remain they won't want to remain unsavories like yeah, they'll okay. get it out of their system and then they'll kind of like not have the thunderhead to, to rely on anymore and they'll kind of like burn themselves out on it and then they'll be reinstated back into the the thunderhead's good graces you know yeah um, right right but, okay yeah okay, that makes sense to me I think maybe what it was is like the Thunderhead knew some people were just going to get their jollies. You know, like some people just want to, for whatever reason, just go in and fuck with stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, to whatever extent the society can allow for, you know? So like in our society, there is a lot of space for crime. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's right. a lot you can do, but with, because there's so much, uh, there's so many gaps, right? But uh, socially and socioeconomically and everything but like with this society like a lot of those gaps are closed right so the unsavories don't have as much wiggle room like they can't really do as much um okay so i don't know yeah it is it is kind of weird but i think it it kind of makes sense yeah it does kind of make sense in that like he is so handy of a thing to have access to so it further incentivizes but i don't know it did seem a little like his back was up against the like there were so many times that he was trapped from like helping out, especially Grayson, who I just felt sorry for this whole time because like Grayson really loved the Thunderhead. Like he was like, oh yeah, yeah he's always got my back. He was kind of raised by the Thunderhead, bad yeah, parents, totally. and so he's. And then all of a sudden, the Thunderhead was like, "Cool, thanks so much for your trust," and kicks him to the curb. And then like the one guy who knows that Grayson's undercover gets gleaned because like of course yeah. he would. And because- then. Didn't? He's like, nobody knows, and the Thunderhand can't even talk to him, so he's just like, the poor guy is all alone, and he's only ever tried to, like, do what's right, you know? I just yeah, and like, and, like, Grayson even, like, meets a girl, and he's like, hey, like, maybe yeah. some good could come out of this, and then yeah. she gets killed, and it's just yeah, like, damn, man. He man. really gets the short guy. end of the stick time and time again. So what did you think that Tiger was being trained for? Did you know that he's, like, it was going to be a body replacement with Goddard? Like, what, what, were, you, what were your thoughts? Um... Um, I thought they were. Yeah, I I didn't really. I was not expecting <laughs> that. Better. Yeah, no, I was not expecting either. like that at all. I mean, I thought it was maybe like a way to 
kind of like bring Rowan back into whatever fold Rand was trying to create. That was kind of like mm, where my, okay. my mind was going. Like maybe Rand is trying to create like another subdivision of the New Order sides and wants Rowan like with her and is kind of okay. like motivating Rowan by like showing him like, hey, I brought your friend in here and right. I'm training him. If you want to get on top of it, he's kind of a shithead. So like maybe you'll feel right. better about like putting him in line and then it'll put both of us, both of you in line and then we can all. But that was like my thought process behind it. But then Goddard with the what, 7% of him. Yeah, like that was that was so weird. And yeah. I was not it expecting was. that at all. So I don't I, even know how to feel about it. Honestly. Okay, I, I have some thoughts there. But first, um, I thought that they were training Rowan to be or excuse me, I thought that they were training Tiger to be the response to Scythe Lucifer that he was going to be oh, this like off the book side that was going to yeah, go around killing that good That would have made a lot of sense. That would have been pretty be interesting like, actually. Double stab yeah. on Rowan Whoa, because it's like yeah. his friend doing it. Like he's the one killing, you know, I thought that was like, I was like, Ooh, tr like dumb choice because like Tiger was obviously going to mess this up somehow because like, that's who he is. But like, uh, yeah, I was totally blindsided when they're like, Nope, training him to become Goddard. What I did really like is that Rand, kind of developed a relationship with him even though she like kind of was like not even admitting it to herself that she had developed feelings for tiger and like it kind of messes with her and then she ends up because of it betraying goddard and releasing rand right which i thought oh, was she, just really she released cool. um rowan or rowan yeah. excuse me yeah yeah sorry rand releases rowan yeah um i didn't put together that it was ayn rand until they started using her name like her first oh name. really yeah ayn rand and, uh, yeah it's like yeah all right it's funny that like all the famous people are pe people that like nobody's for like beyond our time right we haven't met one that's like a name that we're not familiar with I'm like oh yeah this person like helped us do this technology or whatever you know oh you mean i think i think it's um i think it's they're all supposed to be pre or um yeah, but we have like faraday and stuff who are like pretty like pretty up to our time you know what do you mean? There's like, just, there's just, there's just no sides that we've met that are post our time that are named after someone beyond 2000. No, I don't think they're supposed to be. I think that it's, it's supposed to be a thing, but where... there's gotta be some time between now and when the Thunderhead was created, there's probably some, Oh, like, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Society, but I mean, like, you know? <laughs> like just to have to like make that up and like, yeah, whole totally. Reason, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. But I, I know I, I see what you're saying though. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> okay. So the 7% thing, I think that's really dumb. <laughs> I don't think because... it's, I don't think it's dumb. I think it's just it's kind of a reach. You know, it's I don't know. Go smoke ahead. and Go mirrors. Ahead. And that's what Scythe Goddard, he's like, this is just smoke and mirrors. And while I'll, I agree that with the old guards ideals and the but like the argument of 7% of him is like not him is silly as like, OK, what what if someone had like their arm removed like prosthetics? Like, would we think that that person's not them because they lost a percentage of their, like, no, like we lose about 1% of our cells daily, about 330 billion cells get replaced every day in our body. And like every like year or so, like we have like 50% of every cell, like over the course of like a couple of years, every cell of our body, that's like me right now, this flesh is replaced by something new. So it's like, do we say that like that person's not them? Like, no like yeah, i don't know it I just mean, seems like a dumb argument doesn't, it doesn't super <laughs> check out because it's like it's still the same consciousness it's right. just not it's just not the same like meat sack that he had before yeah and especially in a society where you can totally just like transfer your consciousness into like a younger body right like and then they were it's, like, yes, but this body has been trained physically. It's like, well, what do you think Rand has been doing with this body for the last, like, they can't even cover their ground there. Like, he's, like, fully, like, martial arts up, you know? Uh, 
So it just seemed like a really weak, like loophole and like good, good on Citra because I don't want them to win, but I just thought it would be like, whatever. That's such an obvious attempt at thwarting this guy's rise to power. (laughs) But um, wasn't the vote unanimous? Uh, yeah, for, against for yeah. Uh, yeah, so like that it all it's all kind of moot anyway, right? Totally. I mean, like it, it was all nobody. Wanted. Yeah, no, they disagreed with me, but I just thought it was a little like what? <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of want to go back to that question though. Like, what, what, why does Goddard want this power? Is it really just oh, as yeah, simple oh, yeah. as like? Is it really just as simple as he just really likes killing? You know, like is that really what it is? Like, well, is it, it? I'm I can. I can sit with that, but I'm not very satisfied with it. It doesn't make for a very good, like, no. it's, he's not a very complex villain, you know? Like, it's. I think at the end of the day, we won't be very pleased with how complex he is, because I really think that he is just kind of like going after power for power's sake. What I think he's going to do with that power is start you know, finding ways, you know, shaping the world to how he wants it to be. So, like, maybe let's say everyone who has an IQ less than 80, he's going to decide. Right, well, yeah, those people gonna, aren't good. Okay, so I think yeah. he just kind of like asked himself, like, what is ultimate power? Well, like life over, uh, you know, power over life and death. And then what do I want to do with that? Well, I want to have free reign with no consequences as to who I decide should or should not die. You know, I think eventually he'll probably rule like unless you're this rank of scythe, then like you're not gonna, you as a scythe aren't even free from us. Like, you know. Uh, maybe if you're not in the ruling council, you're a side that can be killed by other sides. So I it's think like he just, just wants a classic. Power. Yeah, once once ultimate. I, okay, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think he was a little bit cooler of a bad guy if he was like a Nazi or if he did think there was like he was more evolved, you know, or something. Because then he has like some sort of driving passion, does. you know. I think he kind of feels like that. Yeah, but, maybe he does. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just don't. Sim's not really that interested in Goddard. He, like, as yeah, a, as no, a villain. he's power for power's sake. Uh, I guess, like, sure. Yeah, it's um, kind of boring. If you're listening right now and the and Chad and I are missing something, uh, yeah, the, the, like, let us know why Goddard is just so hell bent on, like, specifically, like, what what is what is this better society that he sees? Because even with all of his justifications to Rowan and stuff in the first book, he's just like. He's like, we're better than everybody else. Like, it's right. it should be a pleasure. Like, we're elevated. We were chosen. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. wait, what the fuck? Like, why like would you? Like, his weird little, like, speech that he does when he kills people where he's like, I am the end all. Like, I am the alpha and the omega. Like, I am the last word. And he goes on the slaughtering rampage about, like, himself being so awesome. I mean, yeah, I think it's just my personality where I'm just like, why would anyone want to do that? But Me I mean, too. some yeah. people do as as evidenced by lots and lots of suffering over the course of history. So like, I totally yeah. I understand that it's like a thing, but it's just um, I just want a little more meat on that sandwich, I guess. Or yeah, maybe maybe some more vegetables. I want a little more variety. Yeah, you know? exactly, right now it is exactly. just a meat sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I mean Rowan was the lettuce, right? But uh, he hasn't really lived up to that uh, vegetable. Remember at the beginning, he oh, was the, the uh, being denoting like the middle child, the one that like isn't really important I never to the really got that the parents I, I, I thought that was like kind of a weird analogy because it's it just was. like I don't know I like lettuce on my sandwiches yeah like, me I'm too. Not, like, add some crunch and like a lettuce yeah it's... yeah I feel like the sandwich wouldn't be nearly as good without it like, <laughs> what, maybe whatever. Schusterman just doesn't <laughs> like lettuce on his <laughs> like Schusterman's just like I ignore the lettuce every time I don't, yeah, can't even tell it's, it's there it's soggy <laughs> um I don't I'm out of questions here I think I'm ready to kind of wrap things up did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about um 
let's talk about the end and then we'll call it. It'll be a sure. nice way yeah. to do. Um, so, oh, wait, like no, I, sorry. Was... I do have, I, I'm so sorry. I oh, do no, have no, go one for it. Go for it. Small question that's not the end. Um, why is Citra still living with Scythe Curie? Okay, apparently, because being like it, she's still a junior Scythe. And so, like, I think her, right. her, the people that she's gleaning has to be like, um, up given the, the thumbs up by like a the side that she's under, so I think it's not well, it's thing, not though? like required. I think it's like culturally the thing to do to be like have a, a, a follower scythe that you're, yeah, still... like okay. you're like still an apprentice side, like you can do your own thing, but and I think they like each other okay. a lot and they're on the same team. That and so... made sense, you know, like it made sense yeah. that they just you know, it, it would make a lot of sense that you would kind of like just gravitate towards people that have shared like your own ideology and your stuff. values and it's like, gotta I, be a lonely life you yeah know? i wasn't saying like citrus shouldn't be living with scythe curie but it just seemed like this kind of like thing why? that wasn't really at least i didn't catch it like specifically like why they were still living together it was never like, clearly stated really they're just still together like oh, yeah that's fine. like they're just living out the apprentice master relationship while she becomes not a junior size which i think is a three-year process okay so and then one more thing that will kind of like lead into the conversation we'd have about the very end is um i still do not buy the romance in this in this series i don't buy not it. even a little like rowan nope. and citra have had like seven conversations right the, the, you know like, what i mean like passings the, yeah. yeah like i don't i understand that they would be kind of kindred spirits and they totally. have a lot of the Understand same shared traumas other. together and stuff like that but i really don't buy that they're in love Not with each all. other i just it was don't never see like it. like lovey time where they I have to hold each other's all. hands or flirt no. they went from like like knowing that they were going to kill each other to like realizing that they were in love and it was like really because you've basically been in each other's throats this whole time and you citra kind of hated him and, and like, you what? don't know anything about either person at no. all like like even a conversation where like rowan's just like oh yeah i mean i've been the lettuce my whole life and citra's like what does that mean and he's just like oh it's like me and this me and my best friend used to like talk about it's some something that is like any kind of conversation and two when you were saying that, that i was like oh i missed that, that was, that's a cool conversation no like, but no, that they didn't, didn't have it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly so it's, it's it's just like if you're gonna do it i said this in the last episode but just like commit to it you know right like this seems so wishy-washy and just like thrown right. in after the fact and felt like I have a couple midnight it just, trysts it's like one of my only real issues with this series is that i feel like they're like there's a romance trying to be fed to me yes. and i don't like the way it smells it's like, I being don't. very much told not shown but go ahead. Uh, you were going to ask about the ending. Okay, before we go on to the ending, while we're just talking about things that are funny, oh, sure. I, I thought it was kind of weird that, like, they have this mentality in the side of them of, like, once a scythe, always a scythe. Like, most scythes don't even wear their street clothes once they're done. And it's like, so you're telling me that, like, the one job that, like, is basically a requirement for the job is that you don't want to do it. It's like, you don't even have any way of getting out of it. Like, in the evenings, you can't even take off, like, like they could just kill in the first like they could do their quota in the first like two weeks and then they could not be a scythe for the entire stuff. But they like have this weird like philosophy of committing to being a scythe so hard and like always wearing their robes even when they're shopping. And it just seems like weird and not mentally healthy for a scythe who's like doesn't even want that job, you know? I can totally like, I can speak to this for sure. Okay. Um, so I mean I think that the old guard scythes, the kind of philosophy that they're trying to nurture seems to be that and you know it, this is echoed in a lot of faraday's sentiments as to why he even picked rowan and citra right it's like this is not a job you're supposed to enjoy that's like the main point of the schism between the old totally. guard and so, so to, shouldn't you be allowed to not be it always well so 
that is a good point but i think that the, <laughs> right. i think i think they're what they're trying to do is saying like remember what you are remember what your job is you are no longer a participating member of this society you are now right. outside of this society acting as death right like okay. this is it's very important that you realize that like your life as it was like you don't get to have a life and also kill people right, right like you okay. have to, like it, it right, has to be one or the other is, exactly okay, so okay, i think that's that what sense. that's mostly where the sentiment comes from and i think that that's what the schism is where like the new order scythe is basically just like that's dumb like we should just be able to do the job and in and not be held and not be shamed for it because this is what the job that the thunderhead is allowing for this is the job that our society demands quote unquote i don't know if that's totally right and true, it lessens but... the sacrifice that they have to give thus making it that you could yeah yeah okay that, that all makes sense to but me. i do i think that i um i kind of align at least personally i kind of align with the sentiment that the old guard scythes are trying to harbor which is essentially like if you are going to be responsible for ending this much life then you have to be constantly reminded of what your position in that society is like you right. have like right. you are now so far removed from what it means to participate in the society because you are by definition making it so other people can't you know right and so, there is no point of your body that you're or of your time that you're allowed to just not be that thing right now because so, it is such a huge okay that makes sense to me but it, totally but it i mean it i sucks. you did make a good point though just <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's i mean <laughs> that's the whole point like you're not supposed to want to do it you know right, right. And it's I, not a push job and i also agree with that to a certain extent too because like i mean i think that there are certain positions of power and influence that if you did want it you are not the right person for that job like it should be a you are a public servant you know what i mean like you are you are making a sacrifice that's why uh like in um farseer trilogy um ketrikin the uh the 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 woman that verity marries uh from the mountain area in right, farseer right. uh she is like the um like I can't remember exactly how their nobility works, but she's a a, a, fig, a head of state in the mountain right. areas. And, and she's her, the servant the, of everyone. She's Her title is the sacrifice. Right, right? that's right. Yeah, that's and, right. So, and I thought that was awesome, you know, and that's basically what that is. So yeah, I think I definitely align. A good analogy, yeah, more. no, that, that's good. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It does seem weird too that like, I, I don't know, these little things that just make me laugh of like, you can be, it takes five years to become a Nimbus agent and you can totally be fired. It takes one year to become a scythe and you can never be unscythed. Yeah. It's kind of like, like how, it's kind of like how like it takes you, it takes seven years to become a doctor, but it takes like less than a year to become a police officer. Right. It's like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You have to be in school for like six or seven years to be a teacher, you know, but like, we're just like, but like anybody that just like barely scraped through high school is becoming police officers and stuff. So it's kind of like a similar, that's the, that's the the line that I drew between it. Oh, that's a good line too. Cause I just kept laughing. I was like, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do, let's talk about the ending and then uh, wrap, wrap it on up. All right, let's do it. So I love the ending. If there's anything that like we needed a good snow globe shake where it just like came out of left field, the whole Rowan thing getting away, but then not getting away, him getting imprisoned. What I really didn't like was there seemed no reason that um, Scythe Curie should have not gotten into the chamber with them. Like, why did she put him in there? And I then also the thought door? that was weird. Maybe she just like, really wanted them to smash. That was a sacrifice. Smash. 
like she didn't sacrifice yeah maybe um, she's just she like we're gonna make sure you guys anything. hook up for the readers yeah, like it's gotta happen because <laughs> like she didn't go out there and like make sure that they were safe or anything like no they were safe once they were in the room so it was like her sacrifice didn't need to be a sacrifice which yeah. makes it kind of pointless i thought that was a little weird too yeah i thought that was kind of lame but that was later. the only thing that i didn't like about the ending um that i was like what everything else was like sick yeah and, like, i thought it was sharks. great yeah the and, sharks like, <laughs> the, it was kind of sharks. um it was kind of uh uh, Anastasia's fault that the sharks were even there, right? Because they could call in the sharks, and she was like playing with the thing the night before. She like replaced <laughs> all of the like wildlife with sharks. Like drew in all the tiger sharks just because like mess with their server or something at the restaurant to be like, yeah, yeah sharks, was, and then all weird. the sharks are there. So I was like, oh, it's kind of her bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of, I kind of like the idea of Endura, the the island of scythes and everything, and um. You know how there are people that never leave Endura and stuff and that have lived there their whole lives and everything and i just thought like there were a lot of ins and outs to the island that i really appreciated yeah, it was kind of and a then, um atlantis comparison i mean like the the whole ending sequence i thought was just it was a very good setup for a last book in the trilogy um i still haven't started the toll i know that you have but you know making everybody unsavory except for grayson and having the last line be grayson we need to talk and it's just like it's right. such a cliffhanger knowing that citra and rowan like are we doing a time skip like what's going on here you know like there's right. so much changed and i like i mentioned earlier in the beginning in the middle of this episode so many scythes just died like so many right like, this and is not a only so many sides but the leader side because each side has like a leader of the area and then those leaders have like a representative and then like the council of the representatives at the top of the top of the sides all got killed yeah and i really liked how um the like they had been kind of planning this for a while to the to the extent that they had made sure that there was thing there were things going wrong with like the infrastructure on endura to the point where nobody really noticed that something really bad was happening. Thought right. that was a nice little touch there. It was, it was great. Yeah, that was just right. a and how, solid ending. Yeah, it was a great like reminder of kind of the you know don't let technology get away from you. You know, because like the, all the engineers trying to fix it, they were like, well, like we need to do this. They're like, nobody knows. Like we're so dependent on the Thunderhead in order to do this. It's like they have no fail safes. They're just way too trusting, and the Thunderhead always being there to get their backs. That even the engineers, the people whose job it is, don't know how to solve these problems anymore. You know, they just depend yeah. on the Thunderhead. So it was like a nice little reminder in the worst possible way. Well, the Thunderhead's not present on Endura, right? Yes, but he still helped control all the systems. You know, and then he kind of like throws his hissy fit. And well, no, I guess it was Goddard who manipulated the um, the systems to go. Yeah, because um, the Thunderhead didn't the Thunderhead didn't didn't cry and like make everybody unsavory because of what happened on Endura. It was because no, Faraday because, discovered yeah. Nod, right? Totally, it was like totally. A, yeah. So um, I don't know, but I think that he was still responsible for controlling like all of the water and the tides and all the things, and you know he wasn't directly like interacting with the people there. But I think the Thunderhead was uh, very it's just much kind of like, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. yeah just the the influence is felt by everybody. And let me tell you, as uh, someone who's a little ways into the third book, it's the story makes some really cool directions. I've heard a lot of like shade being cast on the third book, and I have yet to see it. I think it's really cool so far. Oh, awesome. Well, that yeah. makes me really motivated to read it. I want to go read it right now. It's really and good. That's going to do it for us today here, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode. This has been our recap of book two in this in Ark of a Scythe by Neil Schusterman. And I'm 
really loving this. I think there's a lot in here to talk about. There's so much in here to unpack. I think there's a great story being told here. I think in book two, the characters got even better. The POV yep. chapters got more interesting. The pacing was better. Just pretty the much everything to about be learned it. were yeah, a little bit more like absolutely. substantial. Well, damn, we only got one book left in this, and then we're going to say goodbye to all these characters and move on to Red Rising, which oh, is man. Really it's a tasty treat waiting yeah. for us, man. I'm so stoked to hit the Red Rising again. It's, it's been be years great. since I hit it. Yeah, and, and, I, and I know I what we're in for. We're going to have some great conversations about Red oh, Rising. <laughs> we are. If you haven't gone out and picked up Red Rising, go get it, because yeah. you won't want to miss uh, the Red Rising arc. If you've ever trusted us before, everybody trusts Straight us up. now. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate appreciate you being here we appreciate your attention and uh, yeah we'll see you next time i uh, hope you all have an awesome rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody